Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Enige was ready for this appreciable challenge tonight. Enige proving why he is where he is. Back on top. Looking good in his last couple fights. Down! 50 Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's <laughs> dangerous. I should have made out of it. I'm gonna fucking do it. I'm gonna fucking do it. I'm gonna fucking do it if I always have I don't give a shit. Hold on, my room. <laughs> All right, hold on. Let me get ready here, guys. I, listen, did we start the show? Let's oh yeah, that's we've started. Absolutely. You know what happened? This is what happened, Alex. You know what? we. I have a saying, a couple of sayings. I have a lot of sayings. Uh what was saying? Was I getting that, Jimmy? Um. Yeah, I live. I live this shit. I taught the seven a.m. class. And then every other Monday, I do the noon class also. So sometimes I take a little nap in between then. And sorry, that's my ring. Let me show you. And then I cut it a little close sometimes yeah. on Wednesdays, every on Mondays. But hey, that I'm here now. Hi guys. Where do you Good. nap at the at the uh, stu- uh, at your uh, place? Yes, I have a lounge that <laughs> I also and and please don't don't. I know Alex will never judge me. Um. I, you know, sometimes I can't sleep right away. So I bring in a portable little uh, carry carrying case. I bring my VR with me, Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy, yeah. I'm kind of addicted to the VR. I understand. You know, an average approaching 50 year old is not going to be usually just what the fucking headset on. It's so much fun. Hi, Alex. I don't think I said hello yet. Yeah, you did. I'm sorry. I'm coming in hot. I right. love it. So what's going on, guys? You were at the fights last night. Dude, you guys, Adam hooked me up. You guys hooked me up with tickets. And uh, Amber was amazing. The whole staff was amazing. And we got some killer tickets. And then uh, we met GSP in the back, which was really, really awesome. It's it's funny. George, I got a text from him yesterday. Not a word. There's no words being spoken. It's just a new Ahsoka trailer. Because he's a Star Wars fan, and we're kind of oh. so he just sends me the new Ahsoka trailer, and I always comment, you know, kind of, oh, I look sick. Ah, we're we're kind of nerdy, but we're I love it. 
I love it. So, How so, did yeah, you meet we him? Met him we, we met him in the back, and then uh, my buddy Tomo, who's on Battlestar Galactic, one of my best buds, he uh, he was like, dude, if I freak out over M1, it's going to be GSP. And then sure enough, we see him, and he goes, holy fuck, it's GSP, it's GSP. So we, we got to do a little little chat with him. Then we met Uncle Dana, and he was super dope. I dropped uh, I dropped your name, and he was like, I ah. <laughs> <laughs> No! I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Had you met him before, Alex? No, that was the first time I met him. And uh, super dope, man. He was very generous, very cool. Um, yeah, it was just an all-around. And then we had the killer fights. Canadians went 5-0. and oh. it, yeah. was, it was amazing. Uh, I want to talk about, I mean, listen, there's a lot to talk about, but Charles Oliveira, that was, that was, I mean, wow. Yeah. He puts, I just fully believe that he puts everything into just finishing the fight. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But usually it fucking works out. It and, yeah, it does. I don't, I mean, Benil, a lot of things were answered. In that, and like, like Benil was not uh, was not afraid to go to the ground with him, and he was doing everything right. He was weathering the worst of the storm, and yeah. it showed that he could hang with him down there. But when he got back to his feet, he went. It was almost like the round the, the round started right then. He was there was no. I'm gonna wait and let's see if I can get my breath and let's. He was. He's so vicious. Dude, what, what was so What was so cool to watch when you're when you're there. The television doesn't pick it up when you're watching pay per view at home. Doesn't pick it up because you get to see shit that you you don't usually get to see. What I got to see with that fight were levels. Like we saw the undercard. The undercard was great. There's amazing fighters, and then you see Oliveira and then Nunes. You see everything bump up a level, and the the calmness in uh, Oliveira's eyes and what and and just watching what's going on. Even when he was on the ground and he was weathering that storm, he's throwing elbows. You just see him like almost like the chess game. And it was just so different to see that type of fighter, that level of fighter, so relaxed in that pocket. It was really beautiful to watch. It was really, it was amazing. Him and Amanda had that look of just, they could do anything. It was so relaxed. It was almost like a, a sparring energy to them. But but they're doing it in front of 16,000 people and going crazy. It, it was it was. To get to see that type of and level of fighting that close, um, where you don't get to see it on television, was was an eye opener on that level. And he was calling for uh, Makachev after the uh, the win. He wants a rematch. Uh, what did the first one end in the second? Was that a second round stoppage for Islam? I th I thought it was, if I remember. And I, I know. So what happens though? Does Charles? have to go through another fight before he gets that rematch just because it wasn't a really tight fight a close I fight don't so. i don't think so i i i don't know i i felt i felt like all of going in there wasn't as relaxed as what i saw last night i i i think there was some there was something i don't know it just felt like a little bit off he's had those off fights i think that was one of those off fights i think i think he jumps right into it i think he's ready his confidence is just skyrocketed after that I think no, can they sell it though? That's the thing is, can they, is, is that an easy fight to sell? Because uh, it wasn't really a close fight. The first fight, but after this performance, I don't know, man, maybe yeah. I mean, look at that. I mean, he really, I mean, it just, I mean, it, he had the weather. It's not like if, if he would have went in there and just starched him. Yes. You could say, yes, look at that. He had the weather a little bit down there. He was in some bad positions. Yeah. You know, well, listen, he was in his guard. I, Benil, I know it's hard to pass Oliveira's guard, but you're not going to do it. 
you, I mean, again, they said like some of those punches were missing and they heard it on the, on the mat, you know, I heard yeah. it on the yeah. Oh dude, we, we were right there. We heard those punches on the mat. Like you, it, it echoed and it what just really, it really felt like to me, he was in like Oliver was in control at the bottom, the way he was moving, switching his hips and the punches weren't really landing. Oliver was landing those elbows. It, it just looked to me and that it looked like he was in control. <laughs> who's getting more tired in that case like you know what i mean like, i felt I, mean, I felt like Oliveira wasn't as tired for sure is that on bottom because benil wasn't yeah. really doing the much the damage yes you heard the impact of it hitting the floor but even because with his torso and with him breaking the posture he was trying to grab his neck and punch but when you're in a guard compared to being on mount uh with it's such a difference. Yes, you're on top, but when you're in a guard and somebody knows how to even use their legs to pull you in and out, it's like you trying to knock somebody out with somebody behind you on your shoulders, just pushing you like this. And right, yeah, sure. you might land something, but you're taking some off those shots. Yeah. Yeah, by yeah. just manipulating the balance. Could a shot land on the chin and really do some damage? Yes, but Oliveira did not Oliveira did not look as you know as in trouble. Where the difference is. When you look at uh, Islam, Islam was matching him down there. He was looking to pass. Looking, and then he did. He got, he got him mounted with that arm choke, I believe. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's, a, that's two different fighters on top, for sure. You know, is, Islam is, is like he knows what, what, what goes on down there. And Darnush, he's no, he's no slouch. He, he had a, he's had a winning streak. He looked great. I just think there were levels. In that specific night, that night, Oliveira just was one level above him. Does Islam, do you think, want Oliveira uh, next? Or do you think he wants somebody different for a, a bigger pet? You know, sometimes he may not want that fight next because they've already fought him. He may think he can do better fighting Poirier or Gaethje or one of those guys. I, I, I think that he's, he's got his choice. I mean, yeah, I think his confidence is, is super, is way up there because he beat Charles. I, I don't think he wants to go at it again. I think he'll just try to take a different fight. I mean, why wouldn't he? Unless the fans are calling for it and the money's going to be great, there's no reason for him to fight him again. I think Charles deserves it. I think Charles deserves to go go again at him. But I, it, uh, he's in the power position for sure. Yeah, and if you get past a guy like Charles Oliveira, um, I mean, I, I don't think most guys are, are looking just to test that a second time in three fights. If you, if you beat Oliveira in the second round, I don't think anybody wants to go back to that well. And, and with, with that much confidence that they can do it again, because he's so dangerous on the ground and he's so mm -hmm. dangerous standing. Um, so, yeah, I think he's in a bit of a tough position if, if Makachev holds on to the belt. I, I think Oliveira may have to wait for a couple of fights. I, I agree. I mean, I don't know who they're going to give him next, but I don't think he's going to mind any. I, his mindset, he looked yeah, he looked better. He looked phenomenal, man. That was, that was something else. Um, uh, what could we say about... Amanda Nunes, now that she's retired, I mean, that's amazing, huh? I didn't see that coming. I didn't, especially, no. she had that fight, she won it so handedly. Like, it's, it was so, it didn't look like it was a very stressful fight for her. You know, she, she made it kind of look easy, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. And honestly, ringside, that's exactly what it looked like. She was so relaxed. She understood her distance. She, she didn't have a lot of pressure. Um, like, she was moving forward, but Amanda just totally had the whole fight in control. And, and like you said, I didn't see it coming. She came over to Dana and started talking to Dana. And I literally was going to my buddy Tomo. I was like, uh, she, she's, she's, she's asking for a big fight. She wants a big fight. She like, she's looking for something huge. Like it was, it was almost like a thank you. And, and 
I really want, I really want something else out there. I want a third belt. It just looked really important what she was saying. Did not think it was going to be a retirement. Well, Irene Aldana, I mean, it was a really terrible fight. Because you could say like that she just, well, she wasn't doing certain things because Amanda was frustrating her. But even in the beginning of the fight, before Amanda had really, had just thrown a few feints, Aldana had that thing where it just seemed like maybe the moment overwhelmed her a little bit. Um, and she realized I'm in here with the greatest of all time. It just seemed like even before Amanda got going, uh, Aldana was just incapable of getting started. And, I, and she's obviously a much better fighter than that. But I, I thought that was a terrible fight. And, you know, there's a time where I know that it's easy to say sitting here, but you have to go when you're down three rounds to none or even four rounds to nothing. You have to do something. Um, and it just seemed like she was frozen in the moment. I, I'm really not sure why. Uh, uh, for, from our perspective, she just couldn't pr pull the trigger. Yeah. She was there. She pulled that one shot, and she yeah. landed that one shot in the first round, and and she just didn't pull the trigger. She wasn't. She wasn't trying to counter. She was moving forward. She wasn't being first. She was just eating these jabs. Oh, Amanda's jab was just so on point. But the whole fight, she was just eating it and could could not pull the trigger. Yeah. I would like to see again what landed early that made that happen because this wasn't her first fight and she's got some nice hands. Yeah. She's hurt some people, she's got elbows. She hurt people off her back with up kicks. She's a dangerous woman, but yet to hurt somebody, you know, you got to, you're there to be hurt also. I mean, I, let's, let's, you're not sure. going to get across the room. So, yeah. you know, she did not risk it for whatever reason and regret is a hell of a thing. So I, the only, I don't, when I say, listen, she fought for a world title. Do I feel bad for her? I'm not saying it in that way, but I'm saying there's going to be something inside her now where you, you had your shot. You, you blew it in a chance where you didn't, you didn't take that chance. I'm not saying go out on your shield. I'm not saying go in there and try to do the windmill. No, right. But, you, you got prepared for this thing. You have to take your chance. You have to take a chance. You got to fight your way in. You might yeah. have to well. You might get scarred up. And uh, you might not come out on top, but at least you tried. And, and when she landed, Amanda felt it, Matt. When she oh, landed, yeah. Amanda reacted. And yeah. you're, looking, you're saying that, for what, like, what was it that Amanda hit her with? I couldn't even remember her hitting her with anything that would cause her to shut down like that completely and not engage. Oh, I don't, I don't think she did. I honestly feel like, and it was right on our section of the fight or our, our area. And she, I think Amanda, I think Amanda like missed a shot and she was in close and off balancing and then got caught and she did get caught. And then the rest of the fight, it just felt like she was waiting for that perfect shot. I almost feel like she, I wish she didn't land that shot that hurt Amanda in the first because then she wasn't be, be waiting for that perfect shot again. That's why I feel like she wasn't pulling the trigger. But to see Amanda so in control of that fight, there was times where she was she was so inside the distance where Aldana could actually throw some strikes and she just did not pull the trigger. And we were screaming, going, throw, throw, she's right there. You can actually hit her. Amanda's confidence was just so big that she was putting herself in positions, but she was just handling everything at the, the distance was so beautiful that she was handling it. That That's the difference with somebody Matt. like you. Oh, we have somebody in the waiting room? Yeah, that's our signal. Uh, Dan Ige is in the waiting room. We could, we, I always get, I get like a little uh, text from the producer. Uh, so we have Dan Ige in the, uh, let's bring him in after that incredible yeah. uh, fight with Nate Landwehr. 
Sometimes, Jimmy, you do this when I'm singing, and I think you say, I don't believe you. No, no, but I, I stop singing. I, I won't. I would never want you to stop singing. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, we, made eye, we made eye contact. He, after a round, because we were right behind his corner, and I was like, yeah! And he just gave me a little wink, and I went to my boy. I was like, See that? Yeah. <laughs> hey. Yo. San Ige, were, you, were you winking at this giant in the first row the other day? That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> I, was, I, was I may or may flight. not have. I had a black fedora on, and you finished. I was. I had a black fedora on, and you finished the round. You walked over, and I was like, yeah. And you were like, gave me a little wink. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably did. <laughs> yeah, Just man. Embracing the moment, man. It was yeah. epic to watch you. Yeah, stoked to see you guys. I haven't talked to you guys for a while. Yeah, you got to feel good, man. I feel good. I feel, I feel good to be back home with the family with the win. You know, it always sucks when you got to fly home, you know, on the other side and just kind of bummed and go through that roller coaster. But it feels good to go, um, just be on the other side of a win. I got a little momentum again. Got two fights in a row this year. Won both, both of them. So I'm pumped, man. I'm pumped. What, do you get? Did you get that thing when you when you lose a couple in a row, and you know they're decisions? They were all good fights, but do you start yep. to get that thing like, eh, what do I have to do? I like, or do you start to panic a little bit as it comes into three? Like, what happens if it becomes four? How do you stop your mind from rolling down that hill? A little bit, because initially, before you know, I, before I went through that whole three fight losing skid, I had never lost two times in a row ever in my life, and um. So initially when I lost once, I was like, all right, you know, I'm going to bounce back the next one because that's just how the math works. And then I lost two. And then when I lost two in a row, I was like, there's no way I could lose three in a row. It was just, it's impossible. Like quantum physics, whatever. It just, (laughs) I ain't losing. So I took on the Russian that no one wants to fight. I was like, perfect. It's perfect time to fight them because I can't lose. And I lost. So yeah, losing three is just, I don't know. It just, it does a little something to you mentally. And I, I had to go do some soul searching and like figure out some things. And, and really, I don't know, I dug deep, man. I dug deep to like my childhood and just really figured out and found my, my true purpose and, and something, something bigger. Like I need something bigger than just winning and just winning the belt. And it's not about going, Oh, like I need to tighten up my, my cross or my defense or add more volume or more kicks. It, it, it's none of that. 
it, it, it's little mental adjustments and, and being able to come back and be mindful in the moment. And the pressure comes, man, the pressure comes and goes. I, w- I didn't feel a ton of pressure going into that for like into that Damon Jackson fight. Cause I was like, dude, I lost three times in a row. Like I'm just going to go give it everything I have and have fun with it and be in the moment. And I feel like that's when I perform my best. I go out there and just, just flow. You know, I'm not thinking about winning. I'm not thinking about losing. I'm thinking about giving my best effort and being in the moment. And usually when I can do that, I have my best performances. To get you mentally straight, did you see a coach for that? I know guys did that. You talked to anybody about that or did you just something, is something you just got through by yourself? I did. I, I, um, I, I did start talking to a sports psychologist for about a year, probably after my last fight when I lost in June of last year. Um, yeah, so it's been about a year straight. I go once a week, dude. I, we just talk, we reassess values. We, and, and do practices to, you know, be in the moment, be in the moment. And, you know, when I'm with my family, I'm with my family. I'm not thinking about fighting. And that was always a problem for me. It's like, I'll be with my family, but I'm thinking like, I'm plotting out the next fight. I'm thinking about the last fight. And dude, that's, that's just the things that you could control is like being in the moment and what you're doing. So I, I found a lot of, a, a ton of value from that. If anything, more value than any thing I've ever like committed my time to in my career and in my life. So it, it, it helped me a ton in life. And yeah. it's something that's going to help me for the rest of my life. You know, I think, I never got diagnosed with anything, but I think I got like ADHD or something. Jimmy's Jimmy wink. If you think I have ADHD, I think I have some shit, but it keeps you in the moment. And I swear to good. I swear to God. I think that helped me in my fighting. Cause I, and my jujitsu. Cause I'm constantly, yeah. in the, like, constantly in the moment. I'm not, yeah. thinking, you know what I mean? I don't know. I truly think that that kind of thing helps you. I'm not saying that you have that also, but I'm saying that, that, that staying in the moment thing, it is because just, I mean, I mean, you know, and I just as a fighter, like I always feel like I have to be doing something and I, bro, I do, I do everything. I do everything as far as, you know, training, sleep, recovery, nutrition, yes. um, sauna, ice baths. Now I'm like doing all this, this shit, mental, mental training and, um, playing freaking brain games on my phone. Like just things that, that will again take my mind away from fighting and and even like i used to talk to gray maynard at like when when he was training at extreme couture and he would be like hey bro like i didn't really take his advice at the time but he'd be like hey go out go mountain bike or something like get out of the gym for a couple days go three days out like it'll be good for you and i didn't really realize that till like kind of now as i'm i'm more like more of a veteran you know i've been around this game for a while i'm 31 years old i've i got 27 pro fights i uh i understand what he's talking about like i get better outside the gym like i don't have to be the one that that's in there two three training sessions a day like if i get my maybe one in the morning or one later on i could go or i could train one time in one day or take two days off like i'm gonna get better within those days off because I'm giving my body a rest and I'm more importantly, I'm giving my mind a rest because you know, the sport, man, it takes a lot out of you when you dedicate every single aspect of your life to it. And, um, 
So those days off and just the time off is, I think, even more important than the hours you're putting in. Yeah, sometimes when, when it comes oh, – oh, go ahead, Alex. There you go. No, yeah, I was just saying that like, I, I come from a boxing background and now now in acting and stuff, and I've been going to sports psychologist for years, and it's regardless that I'm not in the sport of boxing anymore, but it's that mental freedom and mental control and actually talking about shit that you never get to talk about with anybody else to center yeah. and focus yourself. So I, I think that's an amazing thing that you do and, and actually putting it out there and letting other athletes and even actors know that, you know, there, there's a way to go about it and, and get us straightened out to where, you know, you have your moment, you're in the fight game, you're getting your mental preparation together um, and having someone to talk to through that. I think that's epic. And, and honestly, watching you in the fight, you were so on point. My buddy knows all about your career. And he was telling me, he was like, this kid, man, this kid can go. And watching you was uh, was, was really inspiring, man, because you were there was you, you came back to the cage just exhausted. And I just remember you taking this huge calm breath. And I was like, that's awesome, man. It was really cool. Awesome. No, thank you, man. Uh, that means a lot. And yeah, I, I think it's just a stigma, especially as a man, like you do. We've dealt with that for so long. Like, you can't show emotion. You can't like tell, like if you tell someone five, 10 years ago that you're going to a therapist or seeking help mentally, like you're just, uh, you know, you're, you're weak, you're weak minded, weak, yeah. but just expressing it and expressing my feelings and just being real with myself and real with others. Like, I don't have to put on a mask. I don't have to, I don't have to lie to someone to, to come off as tough, like being a little vulnerable and, and sh expressing that you know, humility, I think is a strength in itself. And at the end of the day, it makes me stronger and makes me more confident in who I am, which at the end of the day helps me perform at the highest level. And I, I, I think I've unlocked something and, um, you, the best, the best guys do it, the best guys do it. And, you know, you, you're going to see me continuing to level up in that. And from that aspect, well, when you go to a, a sports psychologist, what 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 happens right before that? And I don't mean the loss, but in your mind where you go, there's something here that training is not fixing. Um, I think talking to this person would help. Is, is it that your mind is all over the place or are you having a hard time focusing on one thing? Are you hyper-focusing? But what tells you, hey, I think I need to talk to somebody? Well, what what made me realize it was, so I have a buddy from church and he, he has no like connection to the fight world whatsoever. And so when I lost to uh, Ivloyev last year in June, he was coming over to my house like every like three days a week, every morning we we jump in the ice bath and we just sit and talk and have coffee and we talk about life. And, and I realized like I was already unlocking something in that moment, just talking to someone and talking about things and like feelings. And, and then when I started, or when I realized that, I was like, okay, I, you know, there's professionals out there for this. And, you know, I, I, I had some contacts. So, I, you know, I reached out and we started talking and if anything, it just helped me a little understand, helped me understand my thoughts a little more. Cause we all have thoughts. We all have, you know, good thoughts, bad thoughts, mostly bad thoughts. Cause that's just how our minds are wired. They're inherently negative. We think about shit, you know, that's not necessarily true, but help. They helped me decipher those thoughts. And, um, you know, again, coming back to being in the moment, it's like, where is my brain right now? Am I thinking about that shit? Like, am I thinking about even this last fight, dude? I was like, even though I did great things, I, I won. I, 
I fucking did awesome. There's things like, fuck, should I, maybe in round two when I heard him, I should have jumped on his neck and just went for the choke and finished him, right? Like, you think about things like that, like going back and me in that mindset, that's a depressive thought because I'm thinking of something that's in the past that I can't control. Where on the other aspect of that, you're, all right, who's next? What's next? You know, who, what's going to happen? Like, those are anxious thoughts. That's kind of where anxiety stems from. And so understanding that and just having the balance, like, I'm going to still continue. The, the goal isn't to, to not have these thoughts. It's just the ability to deal with them on a daily basis when they, when, you know, when they occur. And I'm not a master, but, you know, I want to master this art just like, uh, you know, I want to master jujitsu or striking. And it's just, it's, it's part of martial arts, man. Just mastering your mind. I think yeah. it's uh, the most important one. Hey, uh, you know, one of the best to ever do it, George St. Pierre, Ages ago in our rematch in Montreal, he had a lot of pressure on him. He was very open about seeing a shrink and uh, a sports a, a sports uh, shrink. And, uh, you know, the guy told him to write my name on a brick. Somewhere in a lake in in, George, in, uh, in the fucking Canada, there's a brick with the name Matt Serra on it. And he threw it in the fucking lake just to unburden that. And then you, you know, and then he kicked my ass. So it might work. (laughs) I didn't win that fight, you know? So that's pretty wild. I thought it was kind of silly. And then I got my ass kicked. So, hey, I should have sort of shrink. (laughs) I don't know. There's something to it. That's a good name for it. Your brain is so like if a, if if a, if a couple of things don't go right, and then I start thinking about them. As soon as something doesn't go right, I almost get this. See, you knew. It's almost confirming that something negative is going to happen again. Instead of just looking at it in the moment and, and then just moving forward, I kind of let it become more than it is. So I've I've done that. Obviously, I'm not a fighter, but I definitely understand how that can happen. Where your mind starts to confirm negative things as opposed to uh, just say, "Hey, this is the thing that happened," and now. I'll move past it. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just to reiterate that, like when, when I was going through that, cause I just, I personally just wanted the best that I could do. And how do you go that through, through, you know, talking to someone and it gave me the thoughts that I was feeling that, that I was going through. It gave me specific names. Like there was one like parasite. I was like, parasite, that's fucking a harsh thing. And that's when you, when you see someone successful and you kind of like, you're, you're kind of like with them a little bit longer because you think they're going to bring you through because you don't believe in your own shit. And then you, and I just went, oh, fuck, I think that's what I was doing to my buddy because I yeah. just saw so, 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 so much great with him as opposed to going, I want to be around great people, but I've got my own kind of path. But the negative brain goes, if I can't do it, I, I want to be close to somebody that can. And it was yeah. a parasitic, parasitic thing. I went, oh, my God, you just put a name on it. Now I recognize it. Now I can go on my own path. So it's an interesting thing, which is great. Yeah. I mean, again, it comes down. It's like you hear that people talk about all the time. Like you are kind of who you surround yourself around. And it's like I there were some negative people in my life that I was like that. I didn't realize that at the time. And maybe I'm even trying to help them be better. But at the same time, they're just draining you mentally. It's like you can only help someone so much, especially if they don't want to succeed themselves. And uh, you can never make someone succeed. They have to want it internally. And, um, but yeah, just kind of making that realization of, you know, who are the people around me right now? Who, who's either feeding me or taking away from, from my mental state, from my mental energy. And it's big, man. We all deal with it just as a, as human beings and a fire, I'm a fighter, but 
that this that's just what I do. You know, I, I'm Dan Ige. I, I'm a human being at the end of the day. And, you know, beyond fighting, I know if I apply these same tactics and mindset, I, I, I believe I could achieve anything. What do you do after a win like that? Like, do you celebrate? Is there anything in particular that you'll do after you win to kind of reward yourself? A little bit, man. I, I mean, I like again. I don't. I don't really party. I don't drink. You know, maybe smoke a little here and there. But I don't. I don't like. I, I try not to get too high. I don't get too low. But uh, I have a planned vacation. We actually, and this is something new I started doing because I used to wait like. I'm like, I don't want to plan a vacation. I, I'm not going to, I'll think about that after. But I, um, before my last fight, like I, I had pre-planned a vacation. We went to Mexico. Um, this time I'm going to Hawaii on Thursday, you know, go see some friends, family. So I had already pre-planned the vacation. And that's just one less thing to think about, you know, going into the fight. So uh, that'll, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go home, eat some good food, relax on the beach, go see some old friends and, when I get back, it's just, you know, back, back to work, back to my structure, back to routine. That's where I thrive. Are you a good vacationer? Like, are you a person that can really just let go and, and enjoy it? Or do you kind of have one foot back in, in, in your work and what you have to do when you get home? Uh, I'm, I'm way better now. I'm way better now. So I, I, we're going for 10 days and I know towards day 10, I'll, I'll, I'll be sure. getting a little like, anxious to nancy because again i i thrive in structure i thrive in routine and when i'm out of routine i start like you know again the mind will be like what the fuck are you doing man you gotta yeah you gotta you know go lift some weights or do something but i know over there i'll just be breathing fresh air and i'm recovering my body i'm recovering my soul and charging my mind to do it all over again hey really quick not to jump back to the what we were talking about earlier you like those ice baths, huh? You like those cold plunges? I fucking hate them. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, do you feel the benefits or no? No, I do. And and I know they've become real, like, kind of trendy yeah. over the this last year. But uh, I do. I love them. Um, I, I've changed my ways a little. Like, I for, for a while, I was doing it first thing every single day. And then, like, kind of you learn the science a little bit and, and the purpose of actually using them and the best times to use them. So I, I've tweaked, you know, some days I'll do it first day in the morning. Someday if I have like two hard sessions, I'll do like a quick one in between. Um, some days if it's an off day, I'll cycle the sauna and the ice, but dude, it's such a great tool because in that when you're in there, like it sucks every time, no matter how much you've done it, but it, it, it's a mental hur hurdle that, once you overcome and when you're in the actual ice bath, all you can do is survive. So it, it just makes you focus on your breath and survive for three minutes, two, three, four or five minutes, whatever. And that, I, I don't know. I think all that adds up, but that that's mental training. What is this? Like, what does it do? Like, I, I, I know cold can be good for injuries, but what, what does it do that, that that's actually helpful? Cause I've, I've, I've tried a couple things like that. I just couldn't do them. I think for me, it's like the biggest, uh, dude, like, I don't know, in a training camp, like I, I have the aura ring. The thing tells me I'm like optimal every day, but I'm like, dude, I, I don't feel optimal. I'm, I'm, my body hurts every day, no matter what. So like, I don't like get in the ice bath and be like, oh, I feel great. Like I, I do. It gives me like a temporary relief of like pain and, and from like the anti-inflammatory response. But for me, the biggest thing I get, so they, 
something that happens when you, when you get in the ice and get your face in the cold water, like you, you have this, um, like neurological response, but your brain releases, you have like a 200, I don't know exactly. I think it's like 250% increase of dopamine and it's not just a spike. So it's not like you do like a, a line of cocaine and you get a yeah. spike of dopamine and then you then crash. crash. Yeah. So you get this like prolonged effect of dopamine and then kind of throughout the day, it'll crash. And also in the morning, like you have high levels of cortisol, which is basically a stress hormone. So getting in the ice is stressful already. So you, you get a spike in cortisol, but then your cortisol drops drastically. So you get this increase in dopamine and a drop in cortisol. So like mentally, like, like you just feel happier. You feel I'm more positive, you know, cause again, like when I'm fucking beat up and sore and tired and like, I'm on a calorie deficit cause I'm cutting down to 145 and, um, I could get a little, you know, not too fun to be around, but yeah, yeah. That definitely helps. Yeah, Dana likes that. Dana White likes it now. And you can't get his shirt on that motherfucker lately. He's been, I don't know if you've seen it. He looks good. He looks good. He's been showing it to the fighters lately. For real, for real. I I don't don't know. Is he doing the ice bath? You know what I worry about, Jimmy? Is that nowadays, everything's, they change their mind with everything. Oh, no, no, the brown rice is bad. The white rice (laughs) is good. Oh, no, this is, no, have some gluten. I don't know if they say that about gluten, but all I know is what if this thing they're going to find out? Oh, no, that ice bath. Yeah, you're really going to die earlier now. You're fucking, <laughs> you've been killing yourself. You know that feeling of almost dying? Yeah, you got fucking 10 months to left. I don't know. I'm sure it's great for you, Dan. Honestly, I just, uh, there's, there's a lot of noise out there. I mean, and it, it, from any social media, media, yeah. like people telling you this, that, you know, um, the greats in their sports telling you how you should do things. And it all comes down to what makes you feel good and what makes you feel confident at the end of the day. And everyone's different. You know, for a long time, I've, uh, my mind, not in a bad way, but it's been infiltrated from the people. Like, you know, I look up to the greats. I look up to a guy like Sahudo who, who's accomplished great things or Khabib or Kamar Frankie, you know, they have their ways and they tell you, they don't, I, I'm not, certain guys might tell you this is the way you know you got to do this like why you do s like khabib for example brother why you do snc you know why strength that you don't do crossfit you need to grapple and spar that's it you know i'm like okay so i i I tried that it didn't work for me like i i didn't feel i felt more beat up i had more injuries so i'm like you know i i feel good when i lift two days a week in in a camp because my body feels good and i I can see the fit, like I can see the the results. I can see my body like hardening and like getting vascular. I'm getting strong yeah. and my engine feels good. So I'm gonna do that. And I stopped not in an arrogant way, but like stop, I stopped kind of listening to you know what people tell me what's right because it at the end of the day, it's what, what what's right in here, but what's it, right in my it, heart. It it sounds like you 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 take in information and try it and then make that decision of going okay that that's not that may be great for you but I've I've seen it now it, it's not a question mark because I tried it now I'm moving on to something else which gives you even more confidence because you can go in and out and just kind of absorbs different things and realize that it's not for you so that's I think that's just a, a, the mentality of a growing fighter yeah yeah definitely and and I, I've 
for a long part of my career, I've done that. And now it's like, I'm 31. I don't, I don't have not saying I won't take advice from anyone, but I, I just kind of know, like, I know now what, I know what works for me and I'm going to believe in that. Right. And, and just work and work and the results will come. Right. Sorry about this noise. My mic fell off for some reason. So I have to hold it like a fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> the ice bath, you know what I imagine the ice bath is good for too. Like I've taken cold showers before and it's like, I literally can't breathe. It's like, there's a really weird desperation to breathe. So if you can kind of slow your breathing or make yourself focus on breathing, I, I can really see that being an absolute advantage to helping you control the way you're breathing. Yeah. I think there's a big, um, there's a big untapped knowledge and potential. We don't really know about the breath because it's just something it's so simple, right? You don't think about breathing. We breathe. I don't know how many breaths a day, but there's a lot of tools out there, you know, like Navy SEALs use it like box breathing right. and, and it could get way more yeah. advanced than just box breathing. Um, I suck at but, that, by the way. I've tried box breathing. It's very difficult to do. Yeah, it's just, but when you do it, it's like, okay, you're focused, right? So like inhale, yeah. hold, exhale, hold. And just like doing that for a couple of minutes, like gets you in a, cer a certain state. Um, Meditative state, yeah. Yeah, so I use a lot of that. Like you said, I went back to the corner, took a big breath. Like I used, I used that breath work all the way leading up to like, you know, from in the back in the locker room as I'm warming up to like right before I'm about to walk out, like a big, like huge double inhale through the nose and like a slow exhale through my mouth and just kind of brings me down. Then I walk, brace it. Like I'm there, I'm in the moment. moment. Then I get in the octagon, I, I look, I, I just make... I make a couple, like I'll wink at you. And then I, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, just kind of do, do certain things that makes me feel like, okay, I'm here. Like even like the smell of the gloves, I smell that leather is unique. And then I'll look around, I'll make a visual, uh, some sort of visual cue. And then I feel, I feel the canvas. That's three senses right there that I just did. I was like, okay, I'm here. I'm in the moment. Now let's fucking go. And you that's have to constantly get yourself back there. That's right. That's exactly what we saw when, when you came back because you had a killer round. That's right after you hurt him, uh, after you hurt Nick or Nate. And uh, my buddy, when you did that breath, my buddy goes, he's in the zone. He's in the zone. Because you were just, wow. It was really cool to watch, man. Yeah, it is funny going back to that that corner, going into round three, because so I get to the corner and – um it, you know, you're tired because, like, it was a big moment. Crowd's going nuts. I had him hurt. 20 seconds left of trying to, like, lay it all and finish him, kind of going crazy. And then going back, dude, he was, like, zigzagging across the octave. I actually looked up. He wasn't – So I, sometimes I'll be in the corner. I'll look across to see if the guy, like, look how his body language is. He wasn't even in the corner. He was, like, on the right side. My dude didn't even make it to the corner. He's on the right side of the octagon. And, but I remember going back and Eric, Eric Nixick, he had the stool. He's in the middle of the, he's like on the monster logo. He's like, look at that motherfucker. And he's got the stool. I'm like, Eric, I need the stool. And then he brought it back. And then, um, Tate, the cut man was like pushing me up. Cause I had a cut and like someone had their like foot on my stomach and I was like, just exhausted. And then, yeah, we went out to round three and, um, Dude, that, that motherfucker recovered quick too, because he was yeah. right he was right <laughs> we, back we, at it. Very tough. And yeah. He, and that's his and that's his MO. Like he gets hurt. When he gets hurt, he still comes back 
really hard. So it, what was that? What was that feeling knowing that he, how strong, cause he was walking you down for the beginning of the round and you were, you were the way you were handling it. It almost felt like why, why isn't he more tired? And then you came on towards the end, but the idea of how he just started coming forward, what, what were you thinking at, at starting the third? I mean, doing my homework and my preparation, like I knew he would come back. Like he is one of those guys when he gets hurt, like he's still in the fight. He's still, mm -hmm. he's still dangerous. And if anything, I think he's more dangerous. He's better once he gets like kind of hit. Um, I had initially, I was like, okay, I, I think he's still hurt. If I just stay smart, patient, I think I could hurt him again. And, but yeah, dude, he was right. He was in my face the whole time. I, and I hit him with some good shots still in the third round. And then, like, that little bit of, like, tiredness, like, shit, you didn't get them out. Like, it kind of sets in. And I was like, hey, I just got to stay disciplined. And um, maybe I'll, I'll drop them again. But, yeah, dude, I mean, he was a tough competitor, man. I just uh, – I had a fun time in there. Fun to watch, man. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, that was a great, great fight. And uh, I know you were happy. And you're looking towards Bryce or uh, eventually onto Ortega. Is that kind of what's on what, – what your goal is next? Yeah, um, I think I think Brights would be makes the most sense, or even a Caceres, like kind of in that direction. Mm. And for me, it's kind of just building up the, you know, build the wins again. And when I'm ready, I mean, I am ready. But when the when when I start putting together those wins, and I think someone like an Ortega will get me right back into a, a contender spot into that and, conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Well, Dan, thank you. It was really, it was, you, you looked great. It was a beautiful fight and uh, I was really happy for you. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing you fight again. I know we all are and hopefully by uh, September, October. Hell yeah. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate your guys' time. Yeah. Anytime, I'll, man. I'll, yeah. I'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Thanks a lot and come back soon. Good all, right. Nice, all right. The great Dan Ige. So. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. See you guys. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm sorry. I didn't want to keep doing my mic and, and distracting everybody. It's annoying. I don't know how the fuck it fell. What an amateur I am. What an amateur <laughs> asshole. That's literally like if you walked out to fight, Matt, and your fucking gloves were backwards. That's the, I, that's I, the level of stupid I am for my I, only I literally, I literally, when I saw you do it, I thought, is, is he going to do a stand-up bit right now? He just decided to like... <laughs> I just, I don't know. I don't, I think I fiddle with it once in a while to move it. And I didn't want to keep making noise while Dan was talking. It was very, I'm always interested in what these guys think. And especially after a couple of losses, how does it affect you? And yeah.
I would imagine, oh, I you know, I'm no doctor. Excuse me. I, I, I just had a diet root beer. I apologize. It's all right. Um, you enjoy. You know, I would imagine that that ice bath, it might be really useful for a bad, severe case of blue balls. Think if you got, think you got back from a date and you maybe were expecting something and it didn't happen. And you're like, sure. Jimmy, I can see you. And, be, and instead of just taking care of yourself, because I think you'd feel horrible after that, Jimmy. You'd no, I like, wouldn't. And I've done it while I was driving. And I feel fine. I'm proud of myself when I do that. <laughs> you jump in that ice bath and it's the last thing you're thinking about. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, it's a thought. It's a thought. It might take away a little bit of the physical rush you're dealing with, hoping for something. Uh, by the way, I, I, to change, I apologize. I, I meant to ask you, what, do, what is zero contact behind you? Oh, zero contact. That's uh, that's the film I did with Hopkins, and uh, it was right at the beginning beginning of uh, beginning of the pandemic. And so Rick Dugdale, who's a producer, and they were they were on their way to Bulgaria to shoot, and then the lockdown happened. So the whole crew were like, "We want to stay creative, but what can we do? Because we can't go anywhere." So they wrote this script basically in Zoom, the way we are right now. And this whole story takes place, and Hopkins is in it, which was amazing and because of the strength on that it became the, one of the first nft projects uh in film and then so they sold a bunch of nfts uh around zero contact and then lionsgate bought it and put it on amazon prime and now oh. with that success we're shooting the second and the third film starting in august but now the second and third film the story takes us to the actual locations we ah. already shot we already shot in antarctica and now we're shooting and uh, we're going to be shooting in Easter Island, I think Italy and uh, Jordan. So we're we're hitting these bops because it's uh, it's uh, it's a time travel type type film. So it started on a Zoom and just because we wanted to be busy and it became this beautiful beast that now we get to travel the world with uh, with uh, one of the greatest actors ever. So it's pretty exciting. What's it? Oh, OK, Matt. sorry. Amazon Prime, you said? Yeah, I think it's on Amazon Prime. OK. What season did you shoot in Antarctica? I mean, because it sucks there all year, but I mean, when were you there and what was the temperature like when you were shooting? So we went there in, in their summer, which is around November, and it's 24-hour sun. It's 24 oh. hours. And you land. We, we were in the middle. Like, basically, there was no water around us for probably, I think it's like 20 miles. You had to go 20 miles to actually see the, the, the water. So we, were, we land on ice. There's no wow. airport. There's no airport. There's no living thing. It's just all ice and mountain. It was one of the most emotional experiences a lot of us had because you're literally in Antarctica and the way the pole works, my one of the guys that was that were taking us, uh, Sebastian Cop Copeland, who's an amazing, amazing adventurer, has a few books out. He was our lead. And he said, like, just so you guys know, there's this, there's this stuff happens here. Like you're going to feel some stuff. And we're like, yeah, like excited that we're in Antarctica to shoot. Honestly, right when I touch down and you feel that cold, you're all winds whipping around. I just got emotional. I, like for me, it was, I can't believe I'm not, I'm not here for vacation. I'm actually doing work here and it just got emotional. And then there was these red flags that you couldn't go because there were a lot of uh, crevices that you you may not see, and there's he told us stories where people were walking, the adventurers were walking, didn't see a crevice, and then you just slide like 
uh, 500 feet and then just, and now you're stuck. So that's a horrible death. You're and they can't injured. get you out, right? Yeah. They can't get you out, especially if, like we, they made sure that we were with people and we had a, a walkie talkie, but we couldn't go past these, we couldn't go past these red flags. And then I just decided, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to take two steps just past the red flag where no one really goes again, had a crazy emotional moment, flashbacks of childhood. And I can't believe that I'm here. And it, I, it's hard to describe. You just got to touch down and you just feel some crazy stuff, but we got to shoot and we got to shoot in different weather. So it was, uh, it was bluebird. It was gorgeous. And then the next day you couldn't even see in front of you. They had these poles where the tents are and you had to walk because your equilibrium's all over the place. Cause you don't know where you are because the wind is just whipping. It was that. Yeah. yeah. That's scary to slide down a crevice and then just get stuck. I can't even imagine, man. Your legs I, are probably broken. I mean, you just, you're not no, getting out. No, no, that's the thing. Oh, you're just like, it's just, it's just, it's like a funnel. Just now you're just, you're just stuck. Oh, wow. That's even more horrific because like you're fine, but you're just looking up and going, I, I don't, I can't get out. And, and would nobody know they were in there? They wouldn't have a crew behind them. It's some, some adventurers have kind of been by themselves or lost track. And yeah, that's, that's how, that's how it happens. Sometimes it was, it was, it was insane, but luckily we had, we had uh, Copeland and he was, uh, he was epic. He was, he showed us the whole ropes and we got to shoot some really beautiful scenes. Oh, that's nice, man. Uh, when are you going, is, is that the project you're promoting today? I want to make sure I promote what you're promoting today. Well, Gen Zeros, which right here and probably backwards, but right here um, is the project that I'm executive producing and starring in. But we're, we've got right now quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of because uh, it's an indie, basically. So we put this thing together. Remember when we actually put you guys in our suits and everything. So um, we're looking forward to some really cool things happening with a production company picking it up and we can hopefully start shooting something within six months. Where do we That's see nice. the, the Gen Zeros again? So you can see it at genzeros.com, which was basically, you know, the the inception of the idea and the, the actual Bible. We've got um, an extensive Bible of how the show can carry on. So we're we're in between thinking about series or or a feature film, and that's what we're negotiating right now. And so it's been exciting because it was just started ground up with an idea with some of the writers from the last show that I did, Van Helsing. Uh, Matt, Matt and Jeremy. And uh, it's, you know, getting your friends together to be a part of a project was really exciting. And, and we're just looking forward to continuing. That's nice. Yeah. You're always, I feel like you're always working. You're always working. I can't help it, man. I, I'll, I'll say yes to anything. I said yes to you guys. Come on. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, that is a big drop off from Anthony Hopkins and Antarctica to watching me fumble with my mic like I'm losing an erection. <laughs> hey, a, a couple, listen, we talked about Amanda and what yep. a great career. I mean, listen, she's legendary. One of the greatest. I'm not convinced that she's done, by the way, Matt. I'm not convinced that Amanda won't have another fight. I think the wife wow. Nina wants to get in there now. I think she wants oh, to that's true. Okay. And she's pregnant oh, again, too. Who knows? Listen, she's so dominant that, you, I mean, listen, I, I wouldn't, I, who knows? Never say never with her. Right. But uh, again, yeah, Paul Oliveira, Mike Malott. Oh, you know Adam. Forget, forget, forget <clears throat> about it, Jimmy. Sorry, Jimmy. Sorry, you started with the mic. Now I'm just following you. I didn't hear what you said. I'm not saying it again. Shut oh. up. You're being <laughs> mean. He's no, he's a bully sometimes, Alex. 
But I have a bad joke. He'll just like zoom out and shit. <laughs> well, Adam, Adam was game, but man, Mike Mallet, I mean, he's there's a reason why he's undefeated in there. You know, yeah. you know, in the UFC, he only has one loss in MMA. All finishes. It, you know, all finishes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He's a beast. And he's that, strong, that strong elbow, it was not an elbow up guillotine. It was like um arm deep. What was it? A wrist up? It was it was. It was a one-armed guillotine, I believe. I got to look at it again. But, man, right around – once it was around that neck, it looked like that, that, that so, it looked like the head was about to pop off. I don't so know strong. Such a strong kid. Wow. That was impressive. And then who was the first – how did we start off that night? Uh, oh, Mark what, Andrew what about, Barrio against uh, Eric Anders. And Eric Anders was game, but he just – Always. Man, his nose kind of looks like Marab's now. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, a, He's like, yeah. And Chris Curtis, you guys had that injury? Oh, the Curtis, yeah. Yeah, I guess that, was the, that was the that that cut when that cut opened up, like we we saw it cage side, and you know what? He 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 wasn't doing that well in the beginning of that fight. Like he was he was getting beat up a little bit. And I'm not saying that was an out for him, but it, it, if it was me and you know, I'm getting hit and I know that cut's bad. Yeah. He really wanted to fight back, but I'm, I'm glad he took the no contest. I'm glad it didn't go on because he was just totally compromised from, from a headbutt, and, and I, I couldn't see it going his way. It's the second fight in a row with a headbutt with him. How crazy is that? Oh, I didn't know that. The reason, and I know you know this too, Alex, as a, as a, a boxer, uh, when I have guys sparring at my school, they want to do, whether it's feet the floor, uh, mixed martial arts round, boxing, kickboxing, and, and do we have to wear headgear? One of you has to, and it's not because of protecting from the strikes. It's because you don't get a motherfucker like this right here. Where is this? Where there it is. That's fifty yeah. stitches from Chris Lytle's forehead in the first round. Because oh, you clash heads when you're in there throwing. You know you clash heads, and then you be seeing more and more. And uh, you know it also happens in sparring. So I made sure at least yeah. one guy wears a headgear in sparring. But that's annoying. That's I, that's a hundred percent true. It's never. A lot of guys go, you know, I don't want to wear headgear, but yeah, it's literally one of them. It's more about cuts than about punches. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Well, look, uh, this I, was I, a great. Oh, sorry. Right, I was I, just going to say, um, uh, what's the what's the kid with the St. Pierre's old trainer? The hobby. The hobby. Yes. That oh, was. my God. That was that was a great knockout. That dude was taking it to him, and then he landed that that amazing, beautiful shot. I like that his opponent only has it's only one name like Madonna, right? Look at that name, right? What am I looking at here, Jimmy? <laughs> but that was that was a that was an interesting fight, man. Like, and you he was the underdog too, I believe. Yeah, yeah. It was smart. it was great to see them celebrate. Those the hobbies are smart. Yeah, and uh, and Kyle Nelson also with uh, Blake ba a Builder. That was something else also. Pronounced yeah. Amon. Hey, oh, producer, man. step into my office. You that, that's not who we're talking <laughs> I'm only fucking around. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> I'm fucking around. All right. No, that's not who I'm talking about. Right, that's man. awesome. Anyway, what a good time, man. I'm so happy. What else do you have to promote? Alex, anything else? Well, I, I did. Uh, I did um, an episode of Fubar, which oh. with uh, Arnold. Schwarzenegger. Oh, Schwarzenegger show, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And I was super excited when I got the gig. I was like, oh, man, I get to meet Schwarzenegger. Because I've been a fan. I've been a fan since, you know, pumping iron days, of right? Of course. And, but, man, I'll tell you this, my Schwarzenegger story. So we were, we had no scenes together. But I go to wardrobe and I'm like, and wardrobe was in the studio. And they're, they were like, yeah, just so you know, it's Arnold's last day. And I'm like, oh, my God, his last I gotta meet him. I, I got so I'm now I'm hanging around set, which I'm not even supposed to, like a like yeah. a newbie, just kind of like kicking stones and like, <laughs> yeah, you know. And then I finally asked the AD because he's right there. I finally asked the AD, "Hey man, if there's a chance that I can meet him, I, I would love to meet him. I get it; it's his last day, and if he can't, I get it." But he goes, "Listen, he's going. He's at his trailer. He's gonna come in through the back entrance. We'll meet him back there, and I'll just ask him." I'm like, "Great." So I'm back there and it's like 20 feet away. The truck pulls up, the AD goes and he, he's, I see him gesturing and Arnold looks over his shoulder and he's like, yeah. I'm like, oh shit, now's my chance to meet him. So I put out my hand, shake his hand. I'm like, thank you so much for having me a part of the show. I'm really, really excited to be a part of it. And you know, I'm a fan of pumping you and, and Termin, I mean, pumping Iron and Terminator. And he goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. you're a fan of pumping me. I went, no, 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 pumping Iron. <laughs> Pumping iron. I'm a fan of pumping iron. He goes, I don't go that way. Hits my shoulder and walks off laughing. And I'm like, no, I just wanted to eat those words back because I, I, I'm not a fan of pumping him. Yeah. I'm I know. Pumping iron. <laughs> so that was my he experience. Like, he seems like he has a good sense of humor. Yeah. Oh, he, he laughed his way. He laughed his way right into the studio. And I'm like, Fuck. that's funny. <laughs> That's hysterical, man. I'm I'm a fa dude. I I love fangirling because there's people that I meet that I'm I'm like blown away. I don't have any cool bone in my body with that. Even with you, Matt, I lost my shit when I was on the show. So oh, you know, man. like it's one of those things. And um, I, I just I don't want that kind of feeling to go away. So and during the whole fight, we were just blown away. Me and my buddy Tomo just meeting Saint Pierre and then meeting Dana. I, I'm just I'm just a fan of like really cool shit, man. Well. And we, by the way, Matt, sorry to interrupt you. We should mention uh, Zahabi, uh, I guess, Orichi Long uh, is the fight you were referencing before. There you go. Yes. And That's Zahabi, it. man, he was on fire. All the Canadians, man, they answered the call. 5-0. and oh. Yeah, 5-0. Five five and oh. That, that stadium was singing Oh Canada like so many times. It was really, it was exciting, man. It was so much electricity in that stadium. It was a great energy. You, you sense, you see it through, through the television. Yeah, it's great. All right, guys. Listen, man, I had fun. Yep. I want to promote one thing if I can. Uh, yeah. Wednesday, I'm at the Fat Black Pussycat. And come see me at the Comedy Mothership in Austin. Oh. Uh, the first four shows are sold out. So they added two shows on the Sunday, the July the 16th. Um, so it's a great club. I've done a set there. So if you want to come see me, come see me down in Austin. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a great room. Great room. Guys, thank, thank you. you so much. Alex, Alex man, so great. Again soon, bro. Yeah, man, I'm going to come and visit you and, and get you to choke me out again. I would love it. Anytime, dude. Anytime. But we'll, we'll probably see you on here before then. But, yeah. uh, guys, Jimmy, I'll see you in a couple of days. And, Alex, yep. I'm sure I'll talk to you soon, brother. Thank you again. Bye, Mad guys. Love, brother. Mad Thanks, love, Alex. Matt, talk guys. to you soon. Goodbye. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, 
and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.